Hello and welcome to the Complete Geeks Podcast, episode 87. My name is Organic, and I am joined today by my one and only... Bob. What's up? Not much. Uh, just life as usual. Uh, it's been a fairly slow week for me, like in terms of just in general, I've... Uh, I, put so, I dumped so much time into Skyward Sword that I, I and we'll get into it later on, but I beat it and I sort of like took a break from gaming. So I, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just went through just the regular cycle of like, go to work, come home, sit around, watch random murder porn, you know, yeah. podcasts or like, you know, freaking documentaries and then rinse and repeat for the past like week or so. Yeah, and I see you've gone on some more little mermaid adventures. You're uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this uh, this past weekend, I uh, I was looking for two new NECA turtles figures, and um, I don't. So like, I I I, I hate to be like a, a gatekeeper when it comes to this kind of shit, but like, some people ask me like, you know how I find figures and how I get figures so quickly and things like that. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't, I've been doing this for since like when this is me showing my age. Um, let's see. When did power of the force Two come out when Kenner did power of the force Two, So let's see, we'll go star Wars power of the force Two. to debut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're really keeping the strong momentum going right now yeah well we're I five mean, five minutes in here yeah and uh so we're talking like 1995 is when i started collecting action figures and the reason why i'm getting back to this is a lot of people like don't really understand like why how i can find shit so quickly is because of the fact that my persistence has been going on for the past like 20 something years and you, so you're, I, you're saying toy toy collecting going back to '95 gives yeah. me absolutely haunting memories of trying to go to the mall and go to KB toy stores and fucking pi- find Power Ranger figures. Yep. And so oh. like I went through, and so like some of these people, some of the people that I talk to, like you know, on certain certain places and everything like that, while they're you know they're really good people, they they one of the people like. And yet again, this is me gatekeeping, not gatekeeping, but they're trying to tell me about certain things. And it's like, well, I've done this for a while. I, I know the ins and outs of this stuff. It's I'm pretty well versed in it. And there, you know, and then the line comes across. Well, when I started collecting action figures last year and it's like, oh, motherfucker, like, really? Like, yeah. you're the I'm I'm the wrong one. Like, you got to You got <laughs> to stop because pretty much what happened was is that. I was looking for the new, so there's two NECA figures that came out. Um, Ultimate Casey Jones from the 89 movie. Toast is probably fucking flipping out once he hears this episode. Um, now, um, I, I know I saw a lot on Twitter about the Ultimate figure. What yeah. is the overall difference in that? So um, before when the first figure came out, they didn't have the likeness to, I forget the actor's name. They didn't have the likeness to his, you know, face scan and everything. So the new one has a unmasked head. Um, they changed the body around. So it doesn't have double jointed elbows, um, as single joint. It looks a lot better that way. 
and then just overall like added a couple accessories to it put it in its own box instead of being in the two pack and stuff like that so okay. it's yeah it's it's an improvement of the figure and it was well it was a much needed improvement so um i was checking brickseek which brickseek is a is a site where you can type in the SKU and you type in you know the your yeah, zip code can, and it gives you well store inventory right so there was one guy who posted was like hey i found him in virginia so i started plugging in virginia zip codes because i was like well you know and that's where the joke comes from if you check my twitter it says have figures will travel so i kept on plugging him in and there is a walmart that was an hour away from me that had super shredder and so i woke up the wife and i was like it was like nine o'clock in the morning i think yeah and i was like hey I was like, you want to go to Virginia with me to go fucking look for an action figure? And she was like, how far away is it? And I was like, it's an hour. She was like, yeah, sure. So I got up at like 9 o'clock in the morning. And they showed that they had both of them in stock. Well, in the time of going up there, they Casey Jones went out of stock. And I was like, well, fuck. I was like, well, at least I'll get Super Shredder out of it. So I get all the way up there. They actually had Super Shredder. They had a one Casey Jones. And they had the new uh, Jason Voorhees figure from Part 7. So I was able to grab all three of them and it it was the only Walmart that I went to and I didn't have to go freaking trudging around all over Maryland because I, I guess because of the fact that like I, I am persistent when it comes to these things, like when it comes to finding a lot of this stuff, like I, I do, it's not, I mean, it's, it's more of a routine for you. Yeah, and that's it. It's it is a routine. It is very routine for me to go out to stores and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people don't realize too is that for some of the interactive stuff, like there's a, like I have a quite a few people that don't use any kind of social media. They they use that social media platform to primarily figure out like instead of interacting with people, they just use it primarily to figure out where stuff is. So they don't interact with people. They don't post anything. They just sit. They just sit in the background and are looking for stuff. And I think a lot of people don't realize that is that you know because they're like, oh, well, all these people are buying up all this stuff, or how you find this stuff so quickly? Because for every one person that's on Twitter sitting there talking to somebody, you're on Facebook talking to somebody. There's like four or five people in the background that don't give a fuck about social media and just looking at like just looking at the shit so they can find toys and. So that that little adventure culminated into going over and of course the the missus wanted to go to a couple stores so we went to a couple stores with her and then I ended the day going to Six Flags at random. <laughs> I was like I was like oh, I'll go to Six Flags and just solidified that place is a fucking dump. <laughs> Six Flags America if you're ever in Maryland don't bother. Just go someplace else good. The place is a fucking dump. It sucks. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was my this past weekend, and uh, over the course of this week, I uh, finished up Suicide Squad, which I thought was great. King Shark is still the the funniest thing I've ever seen because I love anthropomorphic animals like that. And uh, so, so like going into Suicide Squad, I finally I, got around to getting it finished. Mm-hmm. Um, Same, I I broke it up into like four parts. Like overall thought, I mean. I it was neat seeing what a Marvel movie looked like from the DC side. That's that is an <laughs> awesome takeaway. Um I I think it was 
you could very very much see like it's exactly what he did with Guardians yep. of making characters you don't know but yep. ev- every character extremely meaningful yep where and you see characters you see characters there something happens to him and it's a character that you should give two shits about because that's pretty much every character in that movie but it's yep. like fuck yep and uh and then it was it was that kind of stuff and it was it was like you said exactly like king shark like we know of king shark like you know you know him from like the harley quinn cartoon and stuff like that but like he's not it's that's not a triple a bad guy like he's not like a, it's not your mr freeze or your joker and stuff like that and this interpretation of him is actually a lot different than what he was in the comic books and so it was cool to see this like dopey big ass shark and it just was just a really lovable character. Like you don't understand how this thing can murder things. And, you know, this giant shark can murder things. And then you're like, Oh, there it is. And yeah, he, he, was, I mean, he was very much like portrayed similar to like the Hulk. Exactly. And it, and then, and then doing that kind of stuff, you know, having these characters whom are literally, you know, C and D list, you know, DC characters. And then to have them fight something like Starro. Like Starro's oh, like Starro's like, Star so well done. Yeah, it's like Star and then the cool part is like he didn't shy away from like what is Starro? Oh, we made him in you know, they didn't do anything to like change his origin around. It was like what's Starro? Giant giant fucking starfish. What does it do? Tries to consume the universe. Oh. Okay. Well, why don't we make him know he just floated through the universe, people found him, and this is what happened. Like there was no like outside of thing and then the fact that it looked exactly like it did in the comic book like it was yeah. comic accurate where you're just like hmm the thing's giant blue and has an eye in the center cool i'm all for this life like let's do this and it it was neat to see that you know he didn't have to do anything like extracurricular in terms of trying to make it interesting for the audience it was just like nope this this is this thing this is this thing it was very cut and dry and i think think that's what helped out a lot was that it just didn't it didn't wasn't bloated or anything it was very cut and dry and exactly to the point and so it was yeah i enjoyed it i thought it was cool i and uh like obviously john cena has been in a bunch of shit but oh yeah i am so thankful for the people that use john cena as Mm -hmm. more comedic value than just brute force oh yeah he, he is he is really brilliant at that side of it Yes, his like comedic timing is excellent, and then just like being able to see him uh, cut loose a little bit in this, like that one scene with uh, he's just sitting there. He's like, "Oh, he was like, that's non-lethal. You cheated." He was like, "It's not non-lethal." He's like, "You can't use that." He was like, "You can use that when it's dope as fuck." Like Shit. it's just like it just like that that kind of stuff was cracking me up, and it was it was cool because he was definitely one of the best parts of the movie, and it was it's awesome to see him not just. He didn't come there for a paycheck. Like, it wasn't just like, here's big muscle-bound WWE wrestler. It was like, no, this is actually John Cena, an actor who is trying to do the best he can in a film. And, yeah, he turned out to be a really cool character. And and I think, like, the easy route to go for trying to redo Suicide Squad would Mm -hmm. be, like, again, the biggest star of the movies, Margot Robbie. And she was just very much an afterthought. 
Yes, thank God. You know, you noticed that too. So I, I thought the same thing. And I said that to my wife where I was sitting here watching. I was like, you know what I'm happy about? And she was like, what? I was like, that Harley Quinn isn't the center of this fucking movie. I was like, that is, it is every single character has their own little storyline and their own little arc. And it's not just like the Harley Quinn show plus friends. It's like DC already has an animated show like that, which they didn't need another movie like that. And so it's, I think the only thing that really messes with the films and all this stuff, and unfortunately she's a byproduct, is her. And it's not because she's yeah. bad or because she sucks or anything like that. It's just because she's been lumped in with every single one of these films that it's just like, you know, birds of prey, like uh, the original Suicide Squad. This one, you you don't know. Like, there's no continuity there. So you don't know if this is like a reboot or a sequel or is like, is Birds of Prey tied in with this? Like, where does all this stuff fit? Because she's been the center focal point. Almost like she's like freaking a mini multiverse. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of like interesting too. Cause, yeah. Like, I noticed she was like very much portrayed in this. Like, she, she is psychotic. She has seen everything with a like a false reality to it and they kind of magnified that mm-hmm. and that's that's where i wonder like how much of going into like birds of prey that like if that was their break of it even having to be somewhat canon yeah it's like you know or does it have to be canon because it could be like her delusions of grandeur yeah. versus like yep. yeah yeah i understand and i don't know i just I hope this I hope this starts shifting stuff in the correct direction for them where, you know, and I said it before, the reason why the biggest problem with the DC stuff is because they came in hot and just immediately was like, you know, here's Batman versus Superman. Oh, by the way, the next movie is going to be Justice League. Then we're going to do Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all these movies. And and DC also gets lumped in, too, where like they always have to think that everything has to be like super dark super gritty regardless of the movie and it's like no you should have relegated that kind of stuff to like batman's movies and made superman's like a little lighthearted with brighter colors and everything like that and what's and what's shitty is too is like even now when they talk about the new batman film coming out um they're already you know trying to like position it away from everything else and they're like oh well you know this is going to be an alternate universe as opposed to this one and it's like you guys don't even have like you guys don't even want to have a set established Batman because all these people are so you're so afraid that all these people are going to jump ship that you're just like, you know, you're just setting yourself up for failure immediately. And this film doesn't come out till next year. So, you yeah, know, it's, it, it's disappointing. And then, uh, say one, one other notable that obviously it was a carryover from the first, but, uh, Waller killed it. Oh my God. She's, she's always amazing. Like, yeah yeah it's she's always fantastic and so it was and it was cool like and what i what i appreciate about this film too is like it is like it's like a pseudo sequel because it didn't do any kind of origin story and everything like that like everything was already established people knew what the suicide squad was like and so that was pretty cool where it was just it just immediately like went into the thick of things it wasn't yeah and it, it wasn't it, like right from the bat it yeah. It puts stakes to it. Yes. 
yeah, it immediately was, it immediately was just like, Oh, yep. Here's the stakes and here's what you have to do and everything. And it was, I thought it was cool because they mentioned Starro. Like you got to see what Starro looked like beforehand. It wasn't like it was like this big build up and a big plot twist or anything like that. But it was cool seeing, you know, because when you saw him in the film, it was like when you saw him in the, like the little movies and stuff like that, like that, you know, in the actual movie, you're like, oh, he's not that big. And then you see that in the tank, you're like, holy fuck, he is. It's a giant star. Um, and then, yeah, it's ma- ma- major kind of spoiler if anybody's listening. Uh, it's like his fi- his final line in the movie, Starro, mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. just brilliant. Yeah. And it's just. It's like, and then if you just would have left me the fuck alone. Yeah, pretty much. And it was just, it was from a kind like that, seeing that and seeing that like in general, like the whole movie in general, like the way stuff was done and the way even from a comic book nerd, like a hardcore comic book nerd standpoint, it was, that was definitely like, thank God. Like, you know, you, you gave somebody who didn't, you know, didn't have to go over and take this shit seriously to to go over and make a film that is way more comic accurate than you know other films that because it it just it was way more comic accurate and it showed off that like you didn't have to change a bunch of stuff around like a Batman versus Superman when they changed Doomsday around like when they they changed like batman's suit to make it all like weirdly organic looking and stuff like that it's like just leave shit alone like this movie has a giant fucking blue starfish in it and it looked amazing and it goes to show you that things do translate well as long as they're designed correctly like they do translate well onto the page you know and or onto the onto film and so it was i just hope they take this as a thing of like hey maybe we don't have to change as much stuff around or maybe we don't have to drastically change Things and we do small, subtle changes. Like people will appreciate these as being, you know, comic book films rather than just like these, like fucking dark, gritty, depressing, bullshit movies. Yep. You know, and keep people like David Ayer and Zack Snyder away from them. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more, way more than I thought it was going to. And like I said, I know everybody loves King Shark, but there's a reason why. Because he's fucking great. Yeah. So anything else? Let's see. Um, got a bunch of new Legos. I uh, Marvel Marvel Legos have done like a bunch of what if stuff, and so like I got uh, a Captain Carter with the Hydra Buster. I haven't watched I haven't watched What If yet. I need to sit down I've, and watch. I'm not I'm, either. Waiting yeah. for a few more to pop. Yeah, yeah, that's me too. I'm like, oh, I'll wait for a few more. Um. I picked up the Obadiah Stane or the Iron Monger from Iron Man 1. And yep. Iron Man, it's a cool little robot set. And the highlight of all this is uh, I picked up the Seinfeld set. Oh, you bastard. Where'd you get it at? I just got it off of Lego.com because yeah. they, they had a giveaway going. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll just put it together. Um, Lego.com has a bunch of shipping delays recently. And so, uh, so it took me like over a week to get this package in. I was really shocked. And yeah, uh, yeah, and let's see, Transformers wise, I got the Transformers Kingdom. I got the Ark. So the Ark is the giant ship that the Transformers, you know, 
go over and traveled from Cybertron to Earth in. Um, it's a really cool set. It's called a Titan class because it's the you know a large size transformer. So it changes into the ship, and it's really cool. But it turns into like a fifteen or it turns into like a fifteen sixteen inch tall robot. So I thought that was yeah. I thought that was a really cool set. Um, and then I picked up uh, McFarlane's relaunch of Spawn. Um, they have all the new Spawn figures just started hitting, so I got all those. Those all just came in. Um, it was Violator, Redeemer, um, Raven Spawn, Cowboy Spawn, and Clown. And I haven't opened them yet, but from what I'm seeing inside the package, they look awesome. Like, very reminiscent of when I got them when I was a kid. Yeah, and, I saw your picture on that clown. did look pretty awesome. Yeah, and let's see. I think that might be it in terms of figures. I think so. It's a decent little haul. Yeah, it's not not bad. I know one thing. It looks like a fucking bomb went off down here. I got to organize. Um... Then after that, uh, today, um, today I watched the new He-Man trailer. Not for Revelations, but they're doing a CGI show for He-Man, like a more of a children's-oriented show for Netflix. I think it comes out in October. How's it look? I think it, the aesthetic-wise, it's weird, but it looks good. Like a lot of a lot of redesigns. Like it's not it's not supposed to be like a sequel, like Revelations or anything like that. It's supposed to be like a total reimagining of like the way he-man is like it's the same basic story but yeah i i like it very blocky characters like big blocky characters and like prince adam is like really small like probably like adolescent adolescent like preteen but then he turns into this you know he-man which is this big giant block like very like squared edged and everything like oh uh, yeah I'm totally yeah, at it. yeah total different design and skeletor is the same exact way um, they're still keeping a lot of the, uh, still keeping some of the same plot points, like from the original, um, like the 2002 series, but yeah, I mean, it looks really, really interesting. I watched the trailer and I was like, wow, I was like, I'm excited for this. I was like, it, it looks neat. And I know a lot of people were really disappointed with revelations and how that turned out. And so hopefully, you know, this doesn't keep steering them down the path of disappointment when it comes to He-Man. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a, I don't know, animated style of like the Croods meets uh, Ice Age. Yep, that's yeah. you're you're absolutely right, and it's it's from the trailer. It's super clean. It's super. It's it's super smooth. Like it it looks really good, and so yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think it's gonna be cool. Sweet. Yeah, and then uh, that's. Pretty much been my uh, two weeks for the most part. You've had a little bit more exciting things happen. So I, what you got? I have. So I yeah. will start off with the the most exciting thing of the week. I finally uh -huh. got my uh, Playmates villain pack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. What do you think of I, it? Uh, oh, they they all look awesome. Nice. Um, box wasn't in the best condition, but. Um, all the figures inside were all good, so. Oh, that's good. Um, and then I got the Ecto One. That's nice. a that's a beauty. I honestly I see it in the packaging, and I'm, I I don't know what if I want to take it out. Yet, but you're you're in the same boat that I am. Like I have one, and I'm like, oh god damn it, this box is so good. I'm like, maybe if I find another one, I will open that one. So 
I'm just going to kind of play that out. Same thing as you. And then, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before it, um, took the kid to go see Jungle Cruise. I figured it would be possibly the last chance to kind of get at, get out into the world and do something before possibility of the baby coming. Mm-hmm. So and it was also the first movie seen it in theater since the whole COVID stuff. Oh like, wow! It was good. It was good to get out. Nice. Um, how was the, the uh, how, how was the movie situation? How was the theater situation? Did you feel comfortable with it? Oh yeah, it was. It was fine. Um, it obviously it wasn't opening weekend or anything, so the movie right. wasn't busy anyways. Um, I will say the movie theater had a strange kind of funky smell to it. Hmm. I, I don't know if that. Yeah, but the movie, the movie overall, I I really liked it. Nice. They they got all of for making for making a ride off of a, a hokey or making a movie off of a hokey Disney ride. Mm-hmm. They all of the charm from it. They figured out a way to script that into it, which was it's really awesome. Cool. It's like it's like Pirates of the Caribbean all over again. So you would think. Yeah, and actually, that's that's a really good cue because that's what the movie felt like. Nice. Yeah, because the the first one, you know, because it was the same thing back in the day when you thought about that kind of stuff. You're like, ah, oh, there's no way they can make a cool movie based off a ride, but there was so much like artistic liberty to it that it turned out to be a really good film. Yeah. So yeah. that was a that was a fun deal, and then nice. a couple days after that, um, so a week ago Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I got a got a message from my girlfriend saying that she was she was over at my parents' house with a kiddo and that she was going to leave the kiddo there and she felt like she was getting contractions and I I sent my my wonderful message back to her just saying yeah I I don't think I don't think they're contractions <laughs> yes because, because you know you know the majesty yeah. of childbirth and you know exactly how that feels. And, and the fact that it was like right towards the tail end of work, and I was trying to get things wrapped up, so I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm sure it's fine." But we'll we'll talk about it. And then she kept calling me, kept calling me, mm. and I was like, "All right, I'm finally heading out." She goes, "Okay," and I was like, "Do you want to like try to call up the the doctor or the on call person?" And she's like, "Oh, the on call person thinks it's uh, um, the childbirth is going to be starting soon." I oh shit! Like, I was like, okay. I I was just like very nonchalant, and I was like, well, we can go up to uh, the birthing center when I get home, and we'll we'll see what's going on. But there's the, no they'll probably send the birth the the birthing center sounds so fucking weird, like so uh like freaking dystopian, this, like so so the there there's like the main hospital here in town, which is uh-huh. pretty big. They have a separate building that is entirely just for like childbirths, and they're like basically giant hotel suites. I mean, that's pretty dope. Yeah, so it's it's a really really cool place. Nice. So we we get up there. It's about six thirty Wednesday night, and they are like, "Okay, well, we can't admit you yet. We'll need to check you out just to see what's going on." So they get her checked out, and she was dilated to a six. So they're like. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to be having a baby soon. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, what's the due date?" We we're like, it's "Supposed to be August thirty first, September first, or so." And they go, "Well, 
that that day is going to make a big difference because if it's the first, then you're only 36 weeks. And if that's the case, you need to go over to the hospital because it's too early. Ah. But if, but if it's the 31st, you're going to be good and we can keep you right here. Hmm. So we end up waiting an hour just sitting there waiting to see if they would admit us. And then finally mm -hmm. doctor comes in and they're like, okay, yeah, we can, we can admit you. And by that time, that was at eight o'clock. They admitted us at eight 30. She was already dilated to a nine and Damn. basically having pretty steady contractions. Right. And she, she didn't want any pain medication or anything like that. And they were like, okay, go ahead for like about 20 minutes. Go ahead and just stand on the edge of the bed and kind of move your hips around. We're gonna, that'll speed up your water break. So she takes a second. She's pain getting off the bed. She rotates her hips. Not even 15 seconds her water breaks. Damn. And that lucky baby, for that me, baby, it was that baby was, it was popping all, off. It was ready. <laughs> lucky for me, it was all over my shoes. <laughs> the 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 more the more disgusting side is I'm still wearing these shoes and eh, they're fine. I mean, they're fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> so her water breaks, and then uh, I mean, ten seconds later, she was just puking her guts out. So that that was probably what eight forty five. They got her back on the bed, and she pushed four or five times, and she was born at nine thirteen. So no. labor labor was less than forty five minutes. Wow, that's crazy. Because usually you hear, "Is this her? Was this her first child?" Yeah, first one. Damn, first one that I know about. Right, it came out like a pro. Yeah, and everyone is like freaking out. I was like, man, that was like really quick. Mm -hmm. But, but uh, that came with some complications of just the birth being so quick mm. because the the whole pushing and the length of the labor can help kind of get some of those fluids that are built up into the baby. Oh, okay. Um, expelled out, which that didn't really happen. So her first twenty four hours was just a basically a lot of puking oh because it wasn't but, coming out because of like it wasn't coming out because of because of vaginal of force uh <laughs> yeah right i mean i had, welcome to the complete geeks folks where we talk about everything um <laughs> yeah it's uh no I, that's that sucks like i couldn't imagine just sitting there just fucking doing all that vomiting i'd be pissed yeah so um that was at 9.13. Uh, things quieted down kind of in the hospital room at, I was about 3 in the morning. Mm. And we got to go home. It was Friday afternoon. So the baby, due to her being about three weeks early, um, she was on the smaller side, but as far as completely healthy and all of her follow-up visits have been good. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations, man. That's that's well, incredible. That's I'm glad is glad is the healthy healthy baby girl. So, yeah, and it was yeah yeah it's it's been a long time, and we did a little photo session. Uh, what was it on Monday? 
and uh, yeah, because you took all you took all the photos, right? Uh, I did for the maternity ones. Oh, okay. Um, di- didn't do it this time around. Hmm. Um, I just I I don't know how to take pictures of a baby. So or, we, organic we, we here. Got... Organic here sells himself short, but he's actually a pretty talented photographer. So got got all those done. Got some really good pictures with my oldest daughter. She's she's just been super stoked. That's awesome. Um, just the the amount that it's matured her is like just insane. That's great. Yeah, because like those things, those two kind of things can like go like one of two ways. But I think it works out because she's like a little bit, she's you know not at that age where she's like you know knows what's going on, but like too young to want to know what's going on. You know what I mean? She's yeah. like older enough where it's like she's more of like a responsible child rather than being like the you know younger irresponsible child. So she understands like you know the baby takes priority and stuff like that versus, you know, always like trying to vie for attention. Oh, and then, then the lovely moment, um, the day after she was born, my daughter had a meet the teacher night. No, oh, sure. So obviously I was stuck at the hospital. So I, I asked my mom, I was like, Hey, can you run her up here for that? Mm-hmm. And they had, and they had a, like a punch card. If you go around and meet so many teachers, you can get like entered in for a prize. But, our daughter's name, her name is Layla Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, her, me- her middle name is Eve because um, we found out on the pregnancy test on New Year's Eve that we were having a baby. Oh, shit. So, so my daughter, when we gave her the middle name Eve, she was like, well, why? And we told her, well, she took that in a different route and told every single one of her teachers that her middle name was Eve because that was the night she was made. My mom tells me this, and she's like, it was really uncomfortable. And I said, that is not why we named her that. Yeah, it's <laughs> totally different. <laughs> the fact that the fact that she had to go around and tell everybody that just makes it, you know. Oh. Yeah. yeah, this is... Uh, like, man, what, what, is. Is the, what is his parents sharing with their kid? Right, I think that's a... Uh, yeah, you make it really, really uh, enticing not to have kids there, organic. Hey, no problem. <laughs> yeah, uh... So no, that's awesome, man. And so you you've been showing pictures on Discord and everything like that. And so the baby's room is all set up and good to go. And how's your Babe, office coming along? Man, um, having this week off of work, mm-hmm. I've been like obviously help helping out around the house wherever I can. Um, just because going going back to work next week, I want to make sure she can focus all next week on the baby and not worry about anything here. But yeah. I have been like. Uh, hardcore working on the office the past yeah. three days. Um, it was kind of a slow burn before the baby mm-hmm. was here. Just it was kind of a weekend, couple hours each and every night. But worked the past two days for it was about eight hours each day, and nice. finally I am not recording in a hallway and I am in the office. So yeah, your little half office that you were sending pictures of. Uh, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it was yeah, because for a while there, it was like you said, you were all over the place, like having to do, you know, having to set up for all the stuff. But it seems like you knocked it out pretty quickly. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll post post up a picture, but it's like crazy how far it's come. Laid laid all the floor yesterday. 
finished all the kind of the caulking, the trim work, and final touch-ups on the paint today, and yeah. No, that's fantastic, dude. It, it just took a small child to. It just took a small child popping up out of nowhere. They're like, "Oh, I gotta get my ass in gear." Yeah, until until I have another one and I lose this room and move to another closet. <laughs> no way. That's why. That's why it eventually gets to the point where they have bunk beds. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's that's been the uh, the past two weeks. It's been a wild nice. one, but really good. Very cool. So, what has been up on the game side? So, I have I've taken a break. Not necessarily taken a break, but because I dumped so much time into Skyward Sword, um, this past week hasn't been a whole whole lot. But I beat Skyward Sword, and I I fully completed it. You know, one hundred percent completion, and it is it it is still to me one of the most underrated Zelda games like I know a lot of people bitch about the bitch about the the controls and everything like that and the quality of life changes that they've done for the switch version is like a night and day difference like I think everybody should at least give this game a go if you're a Zelda fan and because I still think it has one of the best storylines for any for any Zelda because it's like it's literally in terms of the timeline like the grand timeline for the Legend of Zelda it's supposed to be the first one so it's you know it and it just like I wish I wish they would have sort of like made Breath of a Wild sort of different than the formulaic Zeldas because like this Zelda even you know it was the last formulaic one before they really went into was the last formulaic one yeah because they didn't, yeah because Breath of the Wild was just a yeah. Wii U yeah and uh. And this one, it just, I don't know. It has a lot of heart. It, it shows a lot of heart in, in its plot and the characters and everything like that. Like, Link in this one is, you know, it is the closest thing to how I felt with, like, the first Legend of Zelda in terms of, like, Link as a character and what he's doing to make sure that, you know, the princess is okay. Like in terms of like going through the path and going through it by himself and you know meeting friends along the way, but like going through and and figuring out how to save the princess himself. And it's just I, I don't know for a character that doesn't have any speaking lines in the whole entire game. It's just the the level of like expressions on his face, the, you know, the actions that he would do and stuff. It's just the plot was really good and and the characterization of it is very was very classic and reminiscent of, you know, of older Legends of Zelda's. And it's just outside of the control thing, which they improved 300, 400, 500% by putting it on the Switch, made it so much it's an enjoyable, like so much more enjoyable game that, yeah, it's just, I, I wish they would, I wish Twilight Princess and everything would finally get ported to the Switch. I wish Nintendo would stop fucking around and just port these damn games to it and call it a day. Man, that, that, that's what I was going to ask you, which one you yeah. wanted to see next, because I, I, I honestly, I, I would have tried to get Wind Waker on it, especially launch it yep. hand-in-hand with the OLED. Yep, I, I think, oh my god, you are absolutely right. I would fucking, that game would be gorgeous on the OLED. Um... I think I think it should have been like an HD collection. Like I think it should have been the two 3DS ports of Ocarina of Time and 
Majora's Mask because those are super well done ports by I think it's Grizo and uh and Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Like that should have just been a sixty dollar game, put it on the Switch and watch it sell like eighteen billion copies. Like it, yes, um, Twi- Twilight Princess is the only one I haven't played. Twilight Princess is is one of the longest Zeldas. It's one of the biggest too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's bigger. I think it's bigger than. Skyward Sword in terms of like dungeon dungeon level and stuff like that. And uh that one has a really good plot too. But it just sucks because like out of having those trapped on the Wii U helps no one. Like you are and the messed up part is like you you've proven that you can port these Wii U games easily to the Switch because like you already ported Super Mario 3D World, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And and so like these two are you know, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are big no brainers and and it's the thirty fifth anniversary of Zelda this year and it's just like guys, like what the fuck are you doing? Like you you know that Skyward Sword's gonna sell, but like at least announce that you're gonna do something for it rather than just like letting them sit there. Cause I, right now that's the only reason why I have my Wii U hooked up. There is only like a handful of games that are keeping my Wii U hooked up and Twilight Princess and Wind Waker are two of them. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, after that, I did try to play The World Ends with you because I wanted to play the first one before I attempted to play the second one. And that game is one of the weirdest fucking control games I have ever played. So anybody who bitches about Skyward Sword can go fuck themselves because that game is worse. So you can play it one of two ways. You can either play it with one one Joy-Con and use a pointer on the screen <laughs> or you can play it or you can play it handheld and it only uses the touchpad. Mm-hmm. There is like no, no added, you know, things for the joy cons, no nothing. And apparently the game, I, I mean, I enjoy the game. It's cool, but it is definitely like, because it's based off of an old DS game. And it's like there are times where I'm playing it and I was getting so frustrated that I was like, I'm just going to go play it on the fucking DS because that will be easier. Like, cause you, at least you, then I have like a stylus. <laughs> you made me laugh because mm-hmm. until I, I completely forgot the Switch's touchscreen. Yep. <laughs> me too. Um, because it's, it's the worst ergonomic design for doing anything by touch. Yep. And so that was me. And luckily, you know, being a bigger guy, I have slightly bigger hands. And then also uh, the first time I played it, it works well. You have a Switch Lite, don't you? Yeah. Touchscreen works better on the Switch Lite. Like not necessarily a touchscreen, but because the Switch Switch Lite is a smaller system, it's easier to hold on to while using the touchscreen. So like I was just sitting there. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, when can I move? And they're like, oh, yeah, move the cursor with your finger. Fuck, man. All right, cool. I was like, well, how do you move on the television? And they're like, oh, well, you can move with this cursor here. And it's literally like playing a Wii game. Like, it is. Ouch. And But luckily, the, the Joy-Con, the only problem is the Joy-Con is, like, not ergonomically better than the Wiimote, but it has better tracking than the Wiimote. So it's yeah. a lot more accurate, but it's, like, trying to hold the thing is, like, not as nowhere near as comforting as like a Wiimote. So it's like, you're just like, uh, like I wish you guys would have added a little bit better improvements to this rather than just this. And then there's certain moves that when you're doing those moves, it's a lot easier with a touchpad 
than it would be trying to do it with a cursor. Like there's a couple moves that I don't know how to do because on with a with the Joy-Con. Luckily the game is like sprite based. It's not a whole lot of graphics wise. So like I have no problem playing in a handheld. But it would be nice to have it so I can play it on the TV. And I'm just like trying to pretty much muscle through it so I can get to the second one. Yeah. I'm like, uh I'm like I, I don't know. A lot of people have praised and lauded this game, but I don't know if it's for me. I'm just I'll try my best to get through it, but maybe it's something will click eventually. And then uh I am looking forward to uh the reviews came out and it's getting really good scores and it comes out tomorrow is the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. What's all in that? So uh a lot of improvements. It's a PS5 native game now, so it's going to run at 60 frames a second at 4K. Like they said, it's mild checkerboarding according to Digital Foundry, but like most of the resolution is like full 4K running at 60 frames a second. Um, another thing is is that all of the voice acting originally was you know it had English and Japanese, but um, it would be. Yeah, it would pretty much the lip sync was all just for English. They added Japanese lip sync, Japanese voiceover lip sync to it. So now when you actually play it in Japanese, you know, all the lips and everything move in synchronization with all the enunciations from Japanese. Um, they added uh, haptic feedback for the for the PS5 controller. They added uh, a couple other like quality of life improvements for uh, for the main game. And then. Um, it has a full expansion that is about like eight to 15 hours long, depending on how much of a completionist you are on a new Island with a new plot that dives into like the uh, gins past more and stuff like that. And from what I was reading from the IGN review, it is like just playing for the plot alone is excellent. And so I'm like, Oh man, I'm really fucking excited to go back. Yeah, um, the ha- the haptic in that game has got to feel amazing. Yeah, and so that's cool that it's actually like a PS5 native thing. And then there was like there was cool things that like Insomniac or not no Sucker Punch Sucker Punch. Um, the reason why like uh, companies like that are like god tier uh, companies. Like I found out that. Some of the cutscenes in Ghost of Tsushima were actually like pre-rendered cutscenes rather than using the in-engine stuff was to hide loading times. So it would be a pre-rendered cutscene that would run, but what it was doing was as you were watching the cutscene, it would actually load up the game in the background, which I thought it was a cool kick-ass way to hide it. But now Uh because the horsepower of the PS5 all those pre-rendered cutscenes are now rendered in engine natively at the same time and can still load the game. And the reason why is so that way all the lip sync is correct with the Japanese lip sync. So not only is the pre-rendered cutscenes that the PS4 couldn't, you know, had to do for to hide load times, all those cutscenes are now in engine and the game loads it correctly. Like that's fucking bonkers that's fucking bonkers to me and they and they already figured all this stuff out and having it run at 60 frames a second and having it run at 4k and it hasn't even been out for and the system hasn't even been out for a year yet like that's just that's insane to me i'm just like holy shit that's impressive so yeah that's uh 
that's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, and uh, QuakeCon is this weekend, and they just released the original Quake for, I think, PlayStation. I think it's coming to Game Pass and Switch, which I am also excited to play because Quake 1 is, like, one of my all-time favorite first-person shooters. Oh, that's great. And uh, um, sorry, sorry, Toast, because I forgot that you play PC games a lot, and I had to... I, sort of like blew him off on discord and was like he was like what what's going on i'm like oh old school fps he's like i know what fucking quake is bob i'm like oh <laughs> whoops <laughs> my fault man um yeah like going into quake quake mm-hmm. quake quake arena on the dreamcast i've oh. played a fucking insane amount of that um yeah. online well i'm excited because uh Quick one, I was looking at like just the stats and everything. It's weird as shit. Okay, so the PS4 version of Quake came out, and they're like next gen versions coming out later this year. And I'm like, why? Like, why? Like, I'm pretty sure that Quake One can run on my Apple Watch at 60 frames a second, let alone why does it have to have a native version? But then uh on GOG, they just released the RTX version of Quake 2. So I think that's what they're gonna do, is probably like high frame rate you know put in freaking ray tracing just because and go with that uh one thing i did see was eight player multiplayer nice i think that'd be i think that i think that'd be funny as shit because it's eight player multiplayer on console too so that'd be a good community play it's like fuck it let's go play some quake yeah 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 so that's uh that's that's me in terms of the game front it seems like a it seems like i played more than i thought it's not bad yeah what you got. yeah my mine was uh obviously my week was a little altered but uh, one of the things that they were doing uh scottman on the community side for discord that uh, he was getting together a a dirt five grand prix oh and it was originally it was going to be in forza horizon to kind of like lead up to the launch of that didn't have the ability to do it within that so dirt five obviously on game pass and has a decent like series x boost on it Mm -hmm. he's been he's been doing a really good job on organizing kind of the start of it how it was going to roll so everyone's allowed to kind of go and do practice uh practice laps in it and then that'll get you certain points so even if you can't race in the the main race that they do which is about 10 minutes long you can still get points to move up on the board so hmm. if if you miss one week, you can still hop in on the next week and be all right. But like for all the things that we do within the community, mm-hmm. this this has had like really like interesting buy-in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like seeing a couple of the guys, I, I think it was Toe's brother. He's he was like almost top in the world for his lap times. Jesus Christ! Really? Yeah. Well, that's that's okay. So. So, the Toast Boys, um, or as I like to call them, Smart Toast and Dumb Toast, are like, like two fucking people that, when, anytime they play a game and touch a fucking controller, it is like god tier, like some kind of magical horseshoe just emits out of their buttholes and is just like there and. I don't know. It's just because they're way more dedicated than any of us. I mean, because I mean, like I said, Toast's brother is the same exact way where it's just 
he's like a nicer version of toast, which I think frightens me more than angry toast. And, uh, and both of them are just like super duper talented when it comes to video games. Like I, I don't understand yeah. why both of them don't play more competitively because I mean, it's the same way with freaking toasting his level of dedication when it comes to games. Like, I, I don't know, maybe it's my ADD or what, but he is like, when he gets zeroed in on a game it is just like pinpoint, like sea of thieves, grand theft auto and his brother's the same exact way. So it's, it, it, I'm not surprised, but I'm also surprised. Yeah. So they just like, get, I'm guessing they put in, I mean, five to 10 hours on just doing practice laps. And it was just like everybody getting into it and like trying to etch off a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I wasn't there, there for the race. Um, obviously getting home from the hospital Friday and the first 24 hours of trying to get situated and what routine would be. I just right. missed it by a few minutes, but I think it went pretty good. And um, I think the next one's probably going to be coming up this weekend or the following weekend. Okay. Unfortunately, and uh, unfortunately, I won't probably be here. If it's like Saturday or something, I probably won't be here because uh, that'll be a story for the next podcast. But a buddy of mine is going to attempt to put my HDMI port in my Dreamcast finally. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I'll let you know how that turns out. <laughs> Sweet. And then the other game I, I jumped into, um, it's kind of just scamming through stuff on Game Pass, is... I absolutely forgot that Hades came out. Oh, um, okay. So I I spent about thirty minutes in that. Oh, man, that, man. that that game is a stunner. Oh, get ready, dude! Like I hate roguelikes. Like ninety five percent of roguelikes, I am not a fan of. But like this game will pull you in. It is, it is so good. It yeah. And that I, is like, definitely... I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan of roguelikes as well, but. I, I'm interested because it was very easy to pick up and play. Um, yep. It, like, I felt like it was like story wise or anything going on. It wasn't something that I had to like really sink into, but it seems like it's very kind of pick up and play at my own leisure. Yeah, and so it's it's very pick up and play. The cool part is is that like the plot evolves with you. Like, there's like a whole boatload of like spoken dialogue in it and so like the the plot like evolves with you like as you go through further in as you you know further make your way up as you die as you further make your way in like and so like i i think i've played through i think i've had like i haven't had full playthroughs but i played the game at least like 25 or 30 times and i haven't heard a lot of the same dialogue twice like there's oh, a cool. in, yeah there's a ridiculous amount of spoken dialogue and then there's like there's like little little blip things too like when you die and you come out of, you know you come out of the pit like the guy sitting there he's like oh you got killed by this thing and instead of him just like making fun of you he actually tells you like oh maybe if you dodge this next time like super sarcastically like maybe if you dodge this next time he'll save you and you're like oh okay and then trying all the different weapons like the game promotes you to like try different weapons and you know seeing what fits best for your whole entire outfit and things like that it's just for such a simple game it's really really good so yeah i'm gonna kind of i'm hoping that'll be the game that if the kids kind of 
up early that I can grab some coffee, just go down, kick back, and get an hour in doing that. Yeah, and that's that's a cool thing. You know, that's the best part about it is like that's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, I can do a couple runs right now and be done with it. And it's not something where you have to like engage with the plot or have to watch a story or anything. It's just get up and go. And then the other thing that I'm going to really try to dedicate some time, uh, at least this weekend, I hope to jump in a little bit tonight, is 12 Minutes just came out on Game Pass. Nice. The, uh, yeah, you've been looking forward to that. The old, uh, like, can I guess at this point and click uh, mm-hmm. from Annapurna? Nice. It's just, it's it's one of those games, I think it was when they first showed it at E3, that, like, just the aesthetic... And just the concept of it. Because mm-hmm. a couple, couple of years ago, like one of my favorite games was Firewatch, which was kind of hit or miss with a lot of people. But I, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed the bit I played of it. I'm I'm hoping to kind of have a similar experience. But just it's not a a huge game or anything like that, but it's just a, a game that's gonna kind of drive some thought. Yeah, like you said, a nice narrative driven experience rather than just like some kind of game like some kind of major gameplay yep and that's uh oh, cool. that's, that's about it and, uh yeah so hopefully i can dive into a little more of that in conversation next week yeah and uh what do we have on the news side bob so i it's been a slow news week um i mean QuakeCon's going on um i saw a rumor i just saw a rumor not too long ago that they're talking about a like a full i guess they're thinking that it might be announced this week, a full remake of the original quake. That's a lot of people are speculating. That's the reason why they released uh quake one for consoles. And so they're thinking that it might be a new quake coming probably next year, which would be really, it, it's, it, they should. Yeah. They I, should, I think take, take advantage of the IP. Yep. Yep. Take advantage of the IP and, and you see the big success of Doom and how Doom turned out, and so there's still there's still a niche there for that single player. Even if it's even if they did like an arena side and then did a single player driven, you know, Quake, they it's still relevant. Like people, I buy the shit out of it day one if they released a freaking new Quake, like not Quake Arena, but like a new single player Quake. Um, and so, yeah, there's that rumor floating around. And then this isn't a rumor. This is pretty much confirmed for, you know, it's supposed to be happening next year. But apparently it, Macy's is, well, Toys R Us is back. um, And they are partnering with Macy's to put a, I guess, a like either a section or a part of Macy's stores that will be Toys R Us in all 400 of their stores from what I read. So I am, I am, I am, I am apprehensive because we will see how this goes. Because uh, yeah, it says to bring the toy store, but, you know, and this is according to Nintendo Wire. Um, widely known that cats have nine lives, but it seems like the giraffes are aiming to be just as resilient as evidence as the newest uh, news concerning the giant of yesteryear, Toys R Us. Macy's and Toys R Us are partnering to bring the toy store back once again in the form of online sales and 400 store-in-store locations across the U.S. So, I guess it's going to be like a little mini store in between. Now, um, now how, how, how well is Macy's even doing? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Or is, or is this them just grasping at straws too? I, I have no idea because I don't, you know, it's yet again, I, you know, outside of like, let's be honest, like outside of freaking Target and Walmart, like how many of us shop at a, at a, uh, at a department store like that these days? Well, when I need a handbag, I go to Macy's. Right. Yeah. Well, when I used to need plus size clothes, I would go to, uh, I would go to uh, J.C. Penny, but yeah, I I I am not sure. I mean, apparently Macy's itself total assets it's worth nineteen billion dollars, so maybe they're doing okay. Yeah, Macy's is now calling for net sales. I mean, yeah, they're worth about twenty two billion dollars. So I guess Macy's is doing all right. So anyway. Uh, I had to look that up because I was like, maybe they are floundering. Because every time I think of like department stores like that, I think of Sears. So uh, I, I think yeah, anything trapped in the malls, just kind yeah, of exactly. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I hope that it is something that goes well to the point where they can, you know, expand out and do like individual stores. And from from the action figure point. Like, from the action figure collector perspective, Toys R Us, to me, is definitely, like, you don't know what you had until it's gone. Because, like, I used to get pissed off at Toys R Us because, like, there was some times where, like, there was a there was a stint, especially towards the end of its life, where they didn't have a whole lot of anything, which made a lot of sense because of the fact that, you know, the company was failing, it was going out of business, and they probably weren't ordering as much stuff. The problem is now is because Toys R Us, like all these places were super competitive, like, you know, Walmarts and Toys and Targets and everything like that were super competitive and they would order a bunch of stuff because they had to try to keep up with Toys R Us. The problem that we are seeing now is that Toys R Us is gone and they can give two fucks. Like they can give literally two shits. Like there are times where I've walked into Walmarts and it's like literally four figures on the shelf because they don't care about stocking them. They don't care about ordering uh, Wal- them. Walmart's a yeah. shit show right yeah, now. Yeah, and yeah, and it's and you know, it was like that before the pandemic, and the pandemic definitely didn't help, and it's you know progressively getting worse. And I think it's because a lot of these companies can rest on their laurels now because they don't have to compete with somebody like Toys R Us. My idea of bring back Toys R Us was the whole entire was a, a retro Toys R Us like open up Man, like that's that's it's funny that's funny you say that because like that was we have like a, a two malls here and yeah. one of them is very much dying yeah and they were looking at like somebody buying it out and changing it I was like they should just open a retro mall like very very much like. Take take it from Stranger Things and what they did with yep. that mall, and yep. make it a destination. Yep, I totally agree. Like if you can, if you can bring back that nostalgia of like, and and think about like, think about the kind of stuff of like what brought people into malls, and like especially now when, because like you you know, like how much would you love to take your kid? to see a mall from when you were a kid and the reason why you used to get excited to go to the mall. Like if you walked into that mall and it had the arcade, it had the KB toys, it had a sun coast in it. Like, you know, all these places like that were like functioning together where it was, 
I don't know. There was something there was something about a majesty of it and it was and I know it's probably me being deeply rooted in nostalgia, but it was cool because, you know, like especially like Sam Goody's, like your Suncoast and everything like that, and you had your KBs, they would carry from my perspective of like always, you know, my life revolving around like toys and action figures and video games and things like that. You would walk into a KB and you would see all your commercial stuff. Then you will walk into like your Suncoast or your EB games and stuff like that. And that's where you would see like your import figures, your weird figures and stuff like that. And so like it, it, you wish that you could bring that experience back to like a newer generation of like, this is the way we used to do it. And so that was, that's what I was talking about. Like a retro Toys R Us, like have a Toys R Us, like have second, you know, and if you look up videos of Toys R Us's back in the eighties, they used to be like flooded with product. Like Toys R Us used to order product out the ass. Like there was oh, yeah. no, there was not a bare spot anywhere. And that's what I was talking about. Like instead of opening up like thousands upon thousands of stores, like do certain concentrated ones and just have those stores be able to order a shitload of stuff. So that way the shelves are always stocked and then bring it back from like the nostalgia point. Like, bring back like you know the the bright colors like you know the bright colors that used to be on the floor and you know a lot of the older signage from when you know a lot of the vintage signage like put up the wall of video games where like you know people instead of going over paper tickets yep get a paper ticket and send it up and and do that kind of stuff bring it back to like around our age from when we were kids and that way you know people would go there because one they want to see the nostalgia for themselves and two they would they would bring their kids to experience that kind of stuff and then also it's just have a toy store where you know instead of having to order like because like when i worked at toys r us the reason why it would do so well is because like a lot of the shit now that you have to order online like a lot of the weird like special order stuff like especially like bigger stuff for like little kids like play sets uh doll houses things like that like you have to order a lot of that stuff online well Toys R Us was so knee deep in that stuff. Like we, they used to stock that stuff. So it's like, why don't you bring back, like bring back that kind of stuff where you're like, you don't have to order stuff weeks ahead of time and pray to Jesus that it comes to you. It's like, you can just walk right into a store and pick it out and buy it and take it home. And, you know, and it's just, it just sucks that there isn't, and they still operate in Japan and Canada, like definitely Canada. And, so it goes to show you that there's still a, a viable market for for Toys R Us. It's just, you know, actually fucking manage it correctly and manage it properly and not have there's a there's a expansive documentary series on like the rise and fall of Toys R Us and why it actually took a shit here. And it's it's very fascinating and there was a lot of things where, you know, it wasn't Toys R Us itself fault you know in terms of you know investors bad investments and things like that but yeah yeah, there's a it's a it's a very fascinating thing but like i said they were trying to revive it this way i think if they put out a couple retro toys r us's and sprinkling them throughout the united states i think you know if you build it they will come hopefully we'll see macy's is behind the wheel so obviously based on what you looked at there yeah they're not struggling uh, so yeah, hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's one of those things where like maybe Macy's buys the company out and and expands their catalog and starts making their own dedicated stores. That'd be dope. So yeah, we'll we'll look. We'll, hopefully we go back to this next year and talk about it. 
All right. Well, I think that's going to do in episode 87 for the week. Yep, yep. And if you guys would like to find us, where do they you go? Can fi- you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Complete Geeks. Okay. And until next time, um, we may have a a uh, little something special for the next episode so tune in and see see what happens yep all right have a good one all right see ya <laughs>